This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. What is going on? I am so glad you're here with me today. I'm Steve Teal. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast, and I am delighted, delighted to bring you an up-and-coming artist who's also very, very close to my family. She is a singer-songwriter. Her name is Abby Grimaldi. Let's say hi to Abby. Abby, how are you today? Hi, Teal. I'm great. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> she calls me Teal. She also calls me Texas Dad, and I will call her Grimaldi in retort. Um, so Abby, I am so proud of you and I am so proud of, uh, you and your husband Rocco, who I call the rock star couple because he's Rocco and you were born to shine. You are a star. Um, and he's a star too. So you guys are the rock star couple. You have a lot going on in your life. We want to talk about your music. I want to talk about, uh, from your perspective, some of Rocco's recent hockey accomplishments, which have been incredible. But let's start with Faith Funk, this new amazing song. Um, tell me about what's going on with your music, Abby. Well, Faith Funk released on April 2nd, which is Friday. It's been out almost a week now, which is crazy. Yeah. And it is my first formal CCM single release. I've done two EPs in the past. Yeah. I released them in like 2015, 2016, but this is really like my first, this is kind of like the formal launch of my music career, I would say. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's just talk about, we're going to get into that and get into the project and the production. You're obviously, if anybody's picking up, your husband plays for the Nashville Predators. So you're in Nashville, which is a great place to formally launch your music career. I didn't realize it had been several years since your, you know, your first initial EPs. That's kind of crazy to me. It's been a really long time. It was very overdue. If anyone out there knows that Teal and Grimaldi's were very close. You were in our lives in, let's see, 2016 to 2018. We yeah. lived in San Antonio together, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Or 18. And those, those were some years where I'd already finished college. I was, you know, just moving around. Those were some years where I really wanted to be releasing music, but it seemed like the docs just weren't connecting. So I basically fill my days with, um, you know, like cooking and cleaning and, you know, taking care of all for my husband. But um, on the work front, I was really just trying to get something going. So I would sing like one to three hours every day. I'd be writing every day. But it just, it seemed like nothing was coming of it, wow. and I had to be really patient. So to finally be releasing the song, we finished it, well, we started recording this song in, like, mid-2020, yeah. and we had it finished up by the end of September, I want to say, so I had been sitting on it for a while. But to finally be releasing it in April of 2021 is just a really amazing feeling. I waited a long time. Yeah, you did. And it is, let's talk about, because you could wait a long time. And you could feel like, oh, you know, well, it's not very exciting or nothing's happening with it. But this song, Faith Funk, I mean, it was when you debuted it just the other day. I mean, it immediately shot up the charts of iTunes. Come on. That is a big deal. How does that even happen? I don't know, because I'm an independent artist. I didn't even expect a chart. And so iTunes charts the top 200 tracks for like overall and then for genre. 
And so on the Christian chart, it's all these like label artists, obviously. Yeah, you know, it's just it really is. all big songs. And um, I looked like the night that it released and I wasn't on the chart. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course I won't be on there. But, you know, it's worth looking. Right. And then in the morning, I was like, I'm just going to look in the morning. And I was at 116, which at the time I was just like, I'm thrilled to be charting. Right. And then throughout the course of the day, it kept rising. And I don't even know how it happened. Probably just, maybe, I don't know, because iTunes is a little bit older demographic. So I was thinking maybe it has to do with my Facebook following, which is a lot of like older hockey fans that have picked up from the different cities we've played in. Yeah. It's a really sweet community of like supportive people. Right. That are maybe my parents' age, maybe, you know, like ages of my grandparents, kind of, you know, older generations. And yeah, it maxed out at 35. Wow. And that was pretty, pretty insane. And then I was really proud because, well, 35, I think is pretty sweet, but it stayed yeah. on the chart for like 48 hours, which I'm actually pretty proud of because when you're not a, um, when you're an independent artist, I feel like when you chart, it just kind of flies back down off the chart really fast. But it was like hanging on for a long time. I think it dropped to like 44 or something and it stayed there for like a long time. And then it finally, slowly died off but i was like 48 hours that's pretty solid <laughs> that is amazing i mean that's that's just crazy to me because you are an independent artist uh, for now but i feel like and i don't know maybe god wants you to be an independent artist for a while or for a long time i don't know what that looks like i don't know what your vision is but to come onto the charts just on the basis of who you are and your fans out there, I feel like that should get the attention of some of those uh, labels because that is hard to pull off. Yeah, I don't even know how any of that works, but I was just grateful, yeah. you know. I, and it was funny because the pre-save link on Spotify was working really well. I announced this single, I think, like nine days before. Yeah. But um, the iTunes and Apple Music one, it was being really iffy. So oh. I for sure was like, oh, I don't think I'll get a lot of sales in like, the Apple iTunes world. And then it charted, and I was like, wow, this is cool. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. All right, we'll talk yeah, about – cool. What's that? It's pretty cool. Yes, yes. Talk about the song itself because I just love it. It's so catchy. Um, but talk talk to us about where this inspiration came from. Talk to us about the lyrics. What I love about Safe Funk is that I use the word juxtaposition. Oh. I feel like it's a juxtaposition of a really hard time and a lot of bad, frustrated feelings that I had over the course of many years. It's kind of this built-up frustration that it's about, but it's like juxtaposition with it being a really like positive spin on it, and yeah. the production is so fun and like dancey. Oh yeah, that I just kind of I kind of love taking something that in my life felt like very dark at times and very like hopeless and frustrating, and turning it into like a dance song. I know this word's kind of overused, but it was kind of like empowering to me. It was like I can take all yeah. these years of frustration or whatever and turn it into like a really happy song that I can put out there and it's received well. And that's just been really redeeming for me. But yeah, so wow. Faith Funk is basically, I use this, this is another way I describe it. It's kind of like one of those like brain jumble songs. Like you're expressing all these different feelings. So it's like, why is every day so stressful? Why is every prayer now? You know, why am I holding on so tight when I can't even control it? Like it's, yeah. it's a lot of, um, a little bit of an edge. It's like you're just expressing all these different feelings and you put them together. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a fun song. And then the message I think means the most to me. So I asked the question, obviously, have you ever been in a face funk? Yeah. And the answer is, you know, yes, for every believer. We've all been in a face funk before. Right. And really, I think being in a face funk comes down to, you know, living this life on earth, which is not easy because it's a dark world we live in sometimes. Right. And um, 
also just, you know, the patience and the, the waiting and all these things that pretty much every believer experiences in life. And um, it puts us in a faith funk where we know that we should believe and we know that we should have faith. Yeah. We know we should hope in Christ and do all these things. But at the time, it's like you know you should be doing those things, but you're just like, that's not how you feel on the inside. Yeah. And as hard as you try, you're just, I'm just like in a faith funk. And so that's what the song is about. It's kind of just expressing to God, like, this is what I'm feeling. I'm in a faith funk. I know you already know that God, but I'm just, I'm just sharing that with you. Um, but I think yeah. what's amazing is that as we edited the song, we actually added this really important line right before the, I think it's like at the very end of the second pre-chorus. But the line is, I'm looking higher and now I can see that the things that I'm chasing are not everything. And it kind of drives home this message that like, well, why do we get in a faith funk? Yeah. I think that we get in a faith funk because we, as, as much as like we can definitely have good intentions and, you know, we can truly live for Christ and, you know, like model what Christ is, there's always this element of us that's selfish and sinful. And so like the things that I'm chasing are not everything. I need to look higher. We put ourselves in a faith funk because I think sometimes at the core of like, why do I want to do music? It's like, well, sometimes it can be for selfish reasons. Sure. Not all the time. Like a lot of the time it's because I want to, you know, reach other people for Christ. But right. sometimes it's selfish. And that's where I find myself in a faith funk. And you need to come to this realization that, like, the things that I'm chasing are not everything. Mm. You know, what is everything? Well, living for Christ is everything. That's good. That's good. So, I mean, when you talk about this period of time and everything, how was it then that you got to that spot where you kind of shifted your attitude? Or was it a little roller coaster ride? What did that look like for you? You know what's funny is that I remember when I worked at a Bible camp at 15 and started reading my Bible, and I felt like such a joyful, changed person. Yeah. And for a long time, I just felt like everything in my life was like so perfect. I didn't really have any real struggles. I was just, I was pressing in, and, you know, I felt really, like really happy, and I was like, this is what the rest of my life is going to be like. Because, like, before I was really insecure, and I dealt with, like, some mean kids and stuff, and I was like, you know, I'm changed now. Like, my life is perfect. Yeah. And then life hit like a hurricane and um, around, I don't know, just a lot of different things in my husband's career had been really crazy and it just brought me to my knees. And um, I, it kind of stripped away this understanding that like, this understanding I had that was a false one of like being a real believer and you know, truly giving your life to the Lord means that like you're going to be joyful and happy pretty much all the time. And I mean, yes, joy is the fruit of the spirit and joy doesn't, you know, hinge on our situation. Right. But like, as, as a believer, God may allow you to go through some really deep waters, yeah. you know, for the purpose of sanctification or whatnot. And so tying this back to faith funk and what you asked me about, you know, how do you, how'd you learn that lesson about, you know, the things I'm chasing are not everything. Yeah. Well, to be honest, yeah, I feel like I've got a good awareness of what it's like to be, you know, in the image of Christ, but I also know what it's like to be a sinner. And yeah. that means that um, when I'm in a faith funk, it, it didn't necessarily mean that along this path of waiting, that, like, at a certain point, I realized that the things that I was chasing weren't everything. I think deep down in my heart, I've always known that truth. Yeah. I think this is how a lot of us are. Like, we know these truths, and it's just about this constant process of reminding ourselves of those truths and trying to align what is sinful within us. It's kind of like a kind of like a wild horse with or something. Like, we have these sinful instincts that, like, oh, I need to be selfish or I need to be ungrateful or whatever, because that's how we're wired. Yeah. And like realigning that with Christ's image inside of us. And I don't think that it just happens magically. I think it's really just, it's this kind of wrestle 
until the day that we die. And so I'd be lying if I said that the message of Faith Punk is something like, check it off the list, I got it perfect, so right. I'm going to sing it for you guys. It's really just something that I do every day, and I hope that this song empowers people to remember that, like, let's say you're being in a Faith Punk today because you're thinking about this. Well, you know what? That's okay. Just, like, listen to this song and remind yourself that maybe what you're in a Faith Punk about isn't everything. And maybe tomorrow you'll feel the same way, but you're going to, like, get back on the horse and you're going to try and, like, you know, fight for believing what's true all over again. Man, that is really good. I mean, that sounds like a lot of maturing and growing process over the years. It sounds hard, but it sounds like you've really kind of grown in your understanding of all this. Yeah, it's not a process for sure. It's funny. I feel like I feel like this in a lot of areas, music as well. Yeah. I don't even know if this quote makes sense, but something along the lines of like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Until you start like knowing it and you're like, Oh, I didn't know that. Like when I started voice lessons, I thought I was like so, you know, like I'm on the right track. And then she just opened my eyes to this whole world, like like totally wrecked my life. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I need to work on these things. I didn't even know about it. And I feel like that's the way that um growth is wow. Christianity. Yeah. Like in high school you think you're pretty solid and I do remember though when I graduated high school and was transitioning into college. I remember having this thought in my head of like, God, I think there's more out there and I want it. Whoa. I didn't really know what that looked like, but I just, I remember that because I, I did really feel like I had all my ducks in a row in my life. Like I had a really solid life. You know, I'd made yeah. great choices. I was on a good track, um, but I knew there was more, not in a weird way, but just like, like, you know what, God, I think there's more on this journey with you. And I was right. But what I didn't realize was how hard it was going to be. And how many tears I was going to shed in that process and the way that was just going to like wreck my life and turn me inside out and, you know, bring me to my knees and like, who am I? What am I even about? And, you know, just, just kind of blow up everything in my life that I, I thought I could hold on to and, you know, just ideas about who I was and my identity. And I feel like so much of that has been shaken just by the trials of life that God allowed. But in that process, I feel like I've become just so much wiser than I ever could have been and hopefully a lot more impactful when it comes to hopefully ministering to other people and just like having a better understanding of what being a Christian really is. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to continue on the path the rest of my life. So, you know, the things I feel wise about now, I'll probably feel foolish about in 10 years because I'll be learning something better. But right. yeah, that's just the process, right? That's good. Well, talk to us a little bit more about just that whole identity thing of who am I? What What is this? Can you talk to us about some of that struggle and understanding of growing in your identity? What does that What does that look like? Help us out. So when I was, let's say, late high school and then through college, I think, I don't know if everyone does this, but for me, I've always been really performance-based and just growing up in music, growing up in dance, growing up in the church, like just, I don't know, everything about my life felt a little performative. Like I had to um, appear... I wouldn't say that I deal with perfectionism, but that I really do care about how other people perceive me, I'll say. Yeah. And so I feel like so much of my life was rooted in, like, being a being a singer, being this, being that. And so let's, let's take it to college. Yeah. I was literally Miss Grand Forks in my town, and I was, like, the Zumba dance teacher, and I was dating a hockey player, and I was the worship leader, and I had all these titles, right? And yeah. I, I was someone on campus that, like, I knew that I was a pretty popular person. Like, a lot of people knew me in a good way. Like, I, I loved the people I went to college with. But it was the kind of thing where, like, people knew me, and I didn't even know their name kind of thing, you know? Right. Like, a, kind of like a, a time where I maybe experienced a popularity. And then, and, you know, I don't think it was, I don't think it was really something that caused me to sin or be, 
prideful. I think it was just something that I internally found comfort in yeah. of like, hey, people know who I am. So it makes me feel like important or whatever. Right. Because I think a lot of us as uh, believers, that's good. we want to be a part of what Christ is doing. But sometimes we can make it about us because yeah. we really like we, we want to make mm. Christ important. But also we kind of want to make ourselves important. And that's why like people who are in ministry, let's say they got to walk the fine line, right, of like yeah. being being humble, but also being like in the spotlight. And so um, let's fast forward. I got married, and then I was doing a little bit, like, with worship and stuff, and just a couple things here and there. But it was, like, all the things that I had, like, kind of unknowingly found my fulfillment and purpose in were stripped away. Wow. And I was left with this super bare life. And on top of that, my husband's hockey career was really crazy. So I couldn't even, like, there was no, there was nothing for me to find like a sense of personal pride in. Dang. Like I wasn't, I couldn't be, I couldn't be proud of myself for this. I can't be proud of myself for that. And I think I had grown so accustomed to having so many things sure. in my life that I could be proud of. Like oh, I was second runner of the state pageant or whatever. It's not like I would brag to people, right. but internally I could take those achievements or whatever. And I could find a sense of like, I'm proud of myself. And so I had to go into a place where I didn't have that. And yeah. then a time where you were in our life was, early 2018 and right. hockey was getting really hard and like really, really hard. Yeah. And, um, I remember getting sick and I don't know if I have mono, but it was, it was just like 40 day sickness. And I was on the couch and it basically pushed me into a, a season of situational depression where I cried every day for six months hmm. and I completely lost my sense of self. It's not like I did anything crazy, but I was just really, really broken and really empty inside and i just kind of felt like i was like if this is it then like what am i living for you know wow. and I, I i had received christ and he was the lord of my life but right. at the same time it was just like god there's like no joy to be found in my life and i know you're supposed to be enough but that's really hard to do and i was you know afraid of the future and i was afraid of how i was going to make it through if that was my reality or whatnot um yeah wow. yeah that's that was a crazy time and um I've, we ended up, you know, signing with Nashville a little bit after that and finding ourselves just kind of reestablishing our lives. And, right. you know, I, I will say about that time, I think sometimes we need to pony up and be tough. Yeah. And other times we do need God to change our situation because it's just, it's just absolutely too much. Um, okay. People always say, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. That's not in scripture. <laughs> so I, I think that he, like I said, that's so sassy. He will um, <laughs> absolutely if you're truly walking with him, he will allow you to go through things that are more than you can handle mm-hmm. with a very important purpose of growing you and making you more like him. Um, mm. I think a lot of church culture, they try and make it this, I don't know church culture, but a lot of Christians, they get deceived into this thought that like, you know, all this bad stuff you're going through. So you can have this like amazing comeback and you're going to be a star and you just wait and the redemption and, and this and that. And um, honestly, I think that makes refinement about you. Yeah. When instead, hmm. what refinement truly is about is being more like Christ. Yeah. And so that is one thing that I did learn in that season. And even just in the, the later years where I was preparing to really stay sunk and other things and just being patient, it's just this thought that, like, I'm not promised anything. People talk about the promises of God a lot, and they'll, they'll use it incorrectly, and they'll say, you know, his dream, your dreams and different stuff. And, like, it doesn't say anything about that in Scripture. Like, he cares about us and he loves us, but at the end of the day, like, we're not promised anything on this earth, and it's like, is that enough? And, yeah. I mean, I, I wrestle with that for sure, but... Wow, Yeah, it's just, that's, that's kind of an example of certain things that were wrecked 
in my life. But um, coming out of that, God did change our situation a lot and allow us the room to breathe. Mm. And by His divine providence, I did start getting to do music things. But I think now that I am back in a place that's a little more spotlight and a little more like kind of like my college days where I'm an NHL life now and I'm mm. a music artist and I have singles and stuff. And I do have things that I could be personally proud of. Yeah, I think... I had such, I grew like such a self awareness while I was going through that hard time. Right. That like now the, I mean I still think these things are really special, but I think I just have a richer understanding of like that it it does matter. I mean it's very special, but like it doesn't matter because it fulfills me and makes me feel cool. Any of these yeah. things, they they really only matter because like that's what God has allowed in my life, and my job is to just try and what I can do with that, you know, to like maximize my time on earth for him. Abby, um, I just have to say, I am so proud of you. Like I did not realize just the, the shaping I I knew. I obviously, I knew that you guys were going, it was a hard season. I get all that. I didn't realize how God had just been refining your faith um, to where you are now. I mean, this is, this is just strong, place to be in your understanding of promises and what God has or doesn't have and uh, identity and all those things. Like that's incredible. I'm just kind of blown away. Thanks to you. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> it is it's, amazing. It's really, it's funny because I remember in 2018, I don't know, I feel like the devil was coming at me hard. And so my head was just constantly like, you're doing nothing with your life. You're a loser. God doesn't mm. care about you. Um, this mm. is it. Like this is, you know, this is where your life is going to just be your rest of your life. And, um, of course I knew that nothing was guaranteed, but I just, I think now that I'm sitting in a place where I'm sitting in, which still isn't perfect and still is always very uncertain and up and down just with like hockey. That's how it is. Those very uncertain Yeah. and other things with music, of course, like I'm, I'm still kind of on a humble beginning with music, but I think just the, the people that God has put around us and all the different things that I can see now. Yeah. It's really, it's really overwhelming to think about because there were years, literal years, where every single day I was like, God, do you see me? Do you mm. care? Oh, my gosh. And he, he did all the time, you know, and I'm sure it hurt him to see me be so falling apart. But at the same time, I'd like to think that, um, this is a, I don't see a pride thing, but sometimes I'd, I'd like to think that God's proud of me for all the growth that's happened and that I hung on for dear life. Yeah. You know, and that we didn't give up. Right, <laughs> right. I yeah, I'm I'm just really grateful because I I feel like we're able to finally see some of the the fruit of what we went through and grew through. Right, and it's really good. And I think the the main thing that I'm most grateful for is that my husband and I both a deep work was done within both of us. Oh man, and it still is just because of the nature of our life because we're never totally settled. So it always requires a stretching and a pushing. And, I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, every season I get so exhausted because it's just so yeah. much. It's mentally taxing. It takes right. it takes great strength. Yes, because it's just a lot of unknown. Um, I think that the growth that it's caused within Rocco and me is really amazing, and I'm really grateful because I think just the unification that's happened, and even just like theological beliefs and things that we have, yeah. we're so in tune, and we've walked such great mountains together yeah. that. It's just like this unspoken bond that we have that I don't even think I could like describe or put into words. Wow. But it's just, it's very real. That's and so it's cool. It's pretty amazing. That is like so we did amazing. It together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh my gosh, that's good. Okay. Um, I have kind of two questions. I, I want to talk about the upcoming music and I do want to talk uh, about your perspective on like Rocco's, I don't want to say career night, but I mean, it's going to be <laughs> one of many career highlights. So I'm going to oh, let yeah. you choose Abby Grimaldi. Do you want to talk about your music next or do you want to talk about um, that, you know, Rocco's achievements recently? What do you want to talk about first? You pick. <laughs> Can you just hear Rocco like as he's listening to this later? Come on, Teal. Come on, Abby. Come on, just pick. Yeah. All right, let's. Rocco and I are both so indecisive. <laughs> Um, we can we can talk about hockey and then we can close it out with. Let's um, do that. He's good to come. Let's, Let's do, do that. that. Okay. okay. So, I've got some great news for you, especially KSLR listeners. We've got part two with Abby Grimaldi coming up next Saturday. Same for the podcast. You'll get part two. She's got some great things to say. You want to be on board with what God is doing through her through her music, through her marriage. Um, It's just an exciting, exciting ride. So I want to remind you today what she has been learning and what I'm learning, I hope you're learning, is that that hope that Jesus has for us is real and strong. And the Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.